Hello and welcome to another edition of the End Zone Podcast. My name is Eric Jensen, and if I sound congested and um, if I randomly mute myself in the middle of a talking point, I'll try to edit that out afterwards. But it's because I am recovering from uh, what I can only assume was the flu, um, which was not fun. Um, but hey, bonus sometimes you get a little lucky you get a snow day and uh i've been blessed with a great weekend of football both college and pro you know i've been taking a little bit of a football break recently but now it's thanksgiving it's time to re-engage it's time to lock back in because this is when the meat and potatoes of the season really start and i'm joined uh by a man who lives in a city that half of it, as we were just discussing pre-show, is covered by close to uh, 77 inches of snow, but where he lives, he he fortunately does not have to shovel that much, only five inches for for a good friend, Mason, which, as someone that lives in a climate that gets snow occasionally, five inches is still a lot of snow, like that's 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 still a decent amount of snow like that's that's still almost half a foot i mean no um (laughs) around here no we we did get hit with some travel bans and travel advisories in my area despite the fact that we really didn't get a lot of snow mostly because the rest of the area did get hit so hard but if it weren't for everywhere else getting what they've gotten five inches wouldn't have shut anything down around here no one would really be having that we would all still been up going to work in the morning absolutely well i'm glad you're safe that's always a good thing glad that that things at uh the mason from buffalo residents are calm and you know i'm, I'm glad that 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 things are, are are going okay but we we have a lot to talk about today Mason, I wanted to just generally talk about most of these games. You know, I, I, I've i put some some wagers on most of these games because I've decided this is just going to be a, uh, a, a Sunday where we really lock in, where we really pay attention to every single football game being played out there. And um, I, I think that we, we've got a great weekend ahead. I thought we could do some... Uh, perhaps some some pff perusing uh and as uh, as i haven't looked on there in a little while we could discuss what they believe are some of the top five or so offenses and defenses in the league so i am really excited to to take a peek at that let's just get into it here um the first game I want to talk about is a game that got moved to Detroit. Sadly, uh, Browns, Bills. Can we just first talk about the fact that uh, I understand there are things like safety hazards and, and travel precautions and things like that. But I think you know this, Mason. You live in Buffalo. You guys experience this stuff all the time people would have found a way to safely get to a Buffalo Bills game, even if it was in 77 inches of thunder snow. And we got robbed of another great snow game, which coincidentally, most of all of them happen in Buffalo. So I feel like we got, we got totally robbed of, you know, the, the, uh, the memes of players diving in, the snow and then the captions of like i freaking love cocaine and you know all, all this <laughs> all, all this beautiful stuff that comes along with tony montana sn- is back with, with snow games <laughs> just a great time um yeah I, i'm just a little bit bummed this game's not in buffalo I mean, so uh, the place that I said had about 77-inch at Orchard Park is exactly where the stadium is, unfortunately. And so the logistics of unburying 70,000 seats from that kind of snow and actually getting rid of it and moving it is a 
absolute disaster and a nightmare. And so I think that's the biggest reason why it's probably the right choice that they did it. But oddly enough, I've had tickets to all three of the most recent snow games that have happened in Buffalo, two of which obviously didn't attend because they got moved to Detroit. And then the Colts-Bills game, uh, I almost... The very famous LaShawn McCoy game. Yeah, no, we I I sit in the 300 level, so it's kind of, you know, up there a little bit. Great seats normally, but when we got less than a block away from the stadium and realized we couldn't see the stadium, me and my friend were like, I think it's time to turn this train around and get out of here before we're trapped. And uh, some people were trapped there until well into the nighttime because of the snow that came down. So I think I, I may have made the right choice on that one to not see a game. <laughs> Yeah, you seem like a pretty <laughs> smart fellow, Mason. I'm, I'm not gonna lie; it seems like you've got this adult responsibilities thing down. You're you, you're a risk taker and you're a fun guy, but you you know when it's time to 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 leave the fun and games to the kids and get home and enjoy enjoy some uh, some uh, network television in, yeah, instead so I- of uh, instead of being trapped in the city of Orchard Park for a, a little while. So yeah. It is unfortunate because, you know, it, it would be nice to get more of those weather games here. But I think, you know, safe, right choice. Very weird that the Bills hadn't left until, I think, yesterday. <laughs> so yeah. I'm not. I thought it was this morning, to be honest with you. It might have been. It, it, it's been a contentious talking point all around Buffalo of like, when are you guys going to go? Because, like, Time's wasting, and I don't know how many people are leaving Buffalo in the near future. So, yeah, um, this game gets a lot harder for the Browns, but the Bills are not—they're not playing at full strength right now, offensively at least. You know, we we talked about this. Josh Allen's got this gene in him that kind of forces some bad turnovers sometimes. And now am I ever going to come on this podcast and say, oh, Josh Allen's for reason, the Buffalo Bills are losing games and he's going to keep them from going on a deep playoff run. Absolutely not. Because more often than not, Josh Allen's a smart dude. He gets it figured out. He's said in several of his press conferences that I listened to this week, specifically the one after that game, he took a ton of responsibility saying he didn't want to throw those picks and he can't have those turnovers. He's going to get it figured out. I don't know if it's this week against the Browns, but this is an extra fascinating game to me because the Browns' defense is terrible. They're just not well-coached, and they're they're very poor. They, they have a hard time stopping anyone. And the Bills' defense, there have been chinks in the armor a little bit the last few weeks in some of these games where the focus might be sure the offense kind of puts them in bad spot, but they haven't really held up. And the secondary especially is to me been a little bit questionable over the past three weeks. How do you foresee this game playing out Mason? I feel like it's a close one. I do feel like for Browns, keep it within a touchdown or so throughout, maybe the bills pull away last second at the very end. But I, I do feel like this is a very interesting litmus test and a great test for the Bills' run defense, which I would argue hasn't really been tested over the past few weeks outside of a big Dalvin Cook run in that Minnesota game and a a Cleveland team that really the best part of their offense is how effective their run game has been this year. So I think they're probably going to have at least some success running because um, injuries are still just plaguing the Bills' defense. Uh, Tredavious White is still not being activated, which I think as the weeks go on, that becomes more and more concerning as to whether or not he's going to show up at all this year. Uh, and and then the two others that are going to be a huge factor, and that is Greg Rousseau and uh, Tremaine Edmonds have both been ruled out for Sunday's game as well. And so there's a lot of backups going to be in place having to, to make a lot of plays on arguably the best running back in the NFL who has been just rumbling his way to victories despite the fact that every team knows he's about all they got. 
so I, I think you're absolutely right. I think it ends up being probably a pretty close game, uh, especially if if Allen can't uh, clean up these turnovers. If he can, then it, it could end up being a, a runaway. But again, I don't know that this is the week that he finally like fully turns that corner or not. And and I'm not really willing to bet money on that until I actually see him finally, you know, get his head around that again. Because there's just been too many, you know, floating balls straight to a defender to say that it's definitely not happening this week. Yeah, I, I think it might take some time to correct, <clears throat> but there, there's still a lot of time left. We've still got a whole yep. month left in this season. We've still got five or six games remaining. Um, I think that, well, more than that, let's see how many games do the Bills have remaining. They're at nine right now. 17 yeah. game season. So we got eight more games. 17 minus more. nine is eight. That's a lot. You always kind of feel like in around Thanksgiving, you're like, man, we're so close to the end of the season. But if you really look at it, it really is the true halfway point now yeah. with the schedule. Like Thanksgiving really truly is now the halfway point. And um, boy, I. I I'm just really curious to see how this game plays out because it could be a get-right day for the offense. But like you said, we haven't really seen anything that says that's a sure thing quite yet. I'm willing to say Buffalo maybe struggles this week because I, I do think there's something to be said that this is the Browns' last stand. They get Deshaun back in two weeks. Um, if they win here, they're four and six. They then, I believe, let me check week 12, have the Buccaneers. That's a tough game. But if you can come out of this at one and one, oh boy, there's a chance that you stay relevant down the stretch with Deshaun Watson just because of kind of the weird part of weird bottom part of the AFC. So I, I do think this is a huge game for the Browns. Totally agree. They got to win this one or this probably torpedoes their season if they don't. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how they respond there. Let's talk about a, um, a fun game. Bears Falcons. This one three weeks ago you look at it you maybe say hey not not the funnest game in the world but now justin fields is playing like justin fields one of the most interesting players in the nfl to me one of the most intriguing guys to me in the nfl they take on the falcons who are a little bit of a skid after losing to the Panthers, this was a team that looked frisky about two or three weeks ago, but it seems like kind of a talent on that team is the level of talent is finally catching up to the coaching job and the effort. And it, it feels like they're kind of through injuries and just lack of talent overall, they're, they're losing steam on this season. Yeah, definitely. I, they, they, they looked so good and I was so excited to see them doing well, but you're right. It really feels like just all of the, the poor decisions that they've made over the years is, is just too much to bear at this point. And they're just going to have to kind of eat it for this year and hopefully do better job in the draft and, and get back up. But, you know, this is a team that in the bears that they're playing that, you know, while they've been really excited lately because Justin Fields has, has really looked awesome like he, he's looked fun the bears overall haven't necessarily always looked very good and they've traded away some of their better assets and in, in you know to build up the offense around justin Fields so they can get a really fair evaluation of them if there's a game that you could come in and with a bit of that frisky energy that you guys had a couple of weeks ago if you could recapture some of that this is a game you could steal i don't know if it's necessarily in your best interest to do it but like it's a game you could totally take yeah, the Bears, they could also remain a little bit frisky if they win this game. Obviously, this year for them is about getting draft picks and, and getting better. 
but it would be nice for Justin Fields to win a few of these games and, and just cement that, okay, you think he's the guy let, let's see if undermatched and undermanned, if he can win a few of these games. And to me, this is a perfect litmus test for that. This is a team that's on your level. That is not more talented than you, that you're not going to be fighting a talent deficit against. This is a team that you need to come out. And if you're Justin Fields, you need to make a statement and say, Hey, I can win a big game on the road in Mercedes Benz stadium in a hostile environment. And, get my team kind of back in the playoff race a little bit in what is a wide open bottom of the NFC with how some of the teams are struggling. Yeah. And you know, odd, odd to say, but the bears seem like they've kind of set themselves up pretty decently for the future. As long as they can hit some of these draft picks, because say Justin Fields works out this year, he shows you some good stuff. He wins you some of these games. It pushes your draft pick lower, but if you're looking for a wide receiver, or an offensive lineman to help him out anyway, that 10 to 20 range isn't so bad to be in in the first place. And if he doesn't do well at all, I mean, you're already at three and seven. And if he bottoms out, well, you're at a top pick. Maybe you do think about grabbing him in quarterback. Like, shockingly enough, good job, Bears. Yes. Can't believe I'm saying that. Good job, Bears. And, uh, you know, also when I was watching – highlights this week and and looking over the league to me i know that they're gonna say they're gonna look they're gonna see the draft next everyone's gonna say will anderson will anderson will anderson will anderson will anderson will anderson is flashy will anderson is a good defensive piece you're gonna get better if you draft him but just consider just consider taking a chance on the best wide out available like a team like the Bengals did for Joe Burrow, consider drafting a Jamar Chase type, consider drafting one of these wide receivers that, by the way, wide receivers at this point, they're just like, they just hit most of them. 90% yeah, of really wide do. receivers you take in the NFL, they just work out because they're good. Like, I mean, this year's example, it took him a little while, but look at Christian Watson. He is going to be yep. an absolute star next year through the Green Bay Packers. He is starting to put it together. He's starting to develop a chemistry with Aaron Rodgers. Do not overcomplicate things. If someone really wants Will Anderson, trade down a pick or two, accumulate some draft picks. You have a lot of ro roster holes to fill. You are not going to be that much better with one stud defensive player next year on a defense that has tons of holes. You are not one piece away from being the dominant 85 Bears defense again and for the first time in your entire franchise's history you might have a quarterback you have to go out and attack aggressively this offseason for offensive weapons I do not want to see this whole we're getting back to bear mentality and like oh, let's go sign like 8 million defensive free agents stop that nonsense go get the best players available on offense and try to create a super team around Justin Fields and hope for like a Tua type leap next next year which great transition let's talk oh my god if they're on by they're on by aren't they the dolphins are on by i really just set myself up for that can we just acknowledge <laughs> how much of a massive l that was i thought then i, I will help you transition in a different way to back great. up your point about receivers hitting garrett uh -huh. wilson also okay looking like he's going to be an absolute stud for New York there. And so if you like a guy, you get him. Because if you've got a quarterback who's even middling, it seems like they can help him out. And again, worst case scenario, they show you that your guy's not quite enough and you go get him a better guy to work with and he does even better. So I'm totally with you there. And so we can look at Jets Patriots here. The rematch. Absolutely. I feel like this is not an un this is not an overstatement. This feels like the biggest Jets game since the Jets Buffalo game that knocked them out of the playoffs. Like this feels like the biggest Jets game in the last seven years of their franchise's history. I, I really don't think it's crazy to say that. No, this is it. This is where you you lost the first one against them and it sucks. But this is where you can prove that you're not just going to get 
the tar beaten out of you by those freaking Patriots every single year, no matter what you do. This is when you go and you finally get that win and you get the monkey off your back and you can find like ride out the rest of the season in an honorable fashion. But man, if you drop this freaking game to the Patriots, mathematically, you're still totally in for a spot. Like it doesn't ruin your season in any meaningful way that it should. But man, just like the mentality of losing to them twice in a year again. That has to like be soul crushing to some of those people. Yeah, I'm trying to find the stat here. The Patriots have won 13 straight over the New York yeah. Jets. That's like, I know that doesn't seem like a huge number, but if you think about it, they're division rivals, so they play each other two times every year. So 13 divided by two, that's close. That's close. If you lose on Sunday, that's seven straight years you have been swept by seven years. The Jets have not beaten the Patriots since 2015. A seven-year-old is a cognizant person at this point who is picking an NFL team. Imagine being a seven-year-old person who was born seven years ago and you're trying to you, you live in New York and you're like, oh hey, who do I want to root for here in football? And you just see the Jets keep losing to like this is a big game for that hypothetical seven-year-old kid. Like, if the Jets don't win here, buddy, it's probably time to pick the Giants. Like, this is a massive game for the Jets to me. I think it's one of the biggest games of the week. The Jets defense we know is one of the best in the league, if not the best. Zach Wilson has gotten marginally better over the past two weeks. He is still not going to win you games, and the offense is still absolutely a concern. But, man, Mason, I'm telling you, this is the shot that this is the shot that the Jets have to take down this Patriots team, to remove the curse, to, to get things going back in the right direction. And honestly, if you lose this game, it feels like a, a total deflation, even though you're still six and four and still in the mix because the Patriots are your division rivals. And despite the fact that the Jets are six and three, and they're, by the way, now almost only one game back from Buffalo for the division lead. Like they beat the, the Dolphins Buffalo. for the division lead. Thank right. You. It pains me to say it, but they beat the Buffalo Bills earlier, and yet still, it doesn't feel like people take them quite seriously. People will start taking them very seriously if they come out and they deliver a win against the New England Patriots. Because if you can beat the Patriots, it shows you are not the same old Jets, and they they've really just got to fight super hard because this is. This is the time to get the monkey off the back. Like this is the time to to go out and and see if you can catch a W against a, a Patriots team that's just not playing very well right now. No, and honestly, this is one of those games. That and I, no I I know that available. they just blew. I, and I know what people say to that. They'll say, "Oh, well, we just blew out the Colts." Okay, you you shut down the Sam Ellinger Colts. Like Ooh. I get the defense is very good. I I get that statistically the defense is good. But they haven't played anyone. They really haven't played anyone. And they haven't beaten anyone. I refuse to believe that the Patriots are in this thing. And I kind of need the Jets to win to knock them out of this conversation in the AFC. Because I'm just I'm just done talking about the Patriots as a real team. Because they're not as good as people are giving them credit for. Bill Belichick's a great coach. And he's going to keep them competitive. But I see this team for what it is, and it's a team that got its five wins early in what's going to end up being a seven or eight win season. Yeah, well, unfortunately, this is definitely going to be win number six. They're going to blow up the Jets, and they're going to make this whole thing so confusing, and they're going to stay you know, national media relevant for another four or five weeks just to really dig the knife in. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll be honest. I would not be super shocked to see the entire AFC East make the playoffs. I would be. That would shock me. I I really don't think the Patriots are that good. 
I, I, really I don't think, think they're necessarily that good, but they're scheduled. They don't need to be that good. Let me pull up the schedule here really quick. Come on, internet. Work for me. Schedule. Let's take a look. I mean, is it the hardest schedule in the world? No, but I mean, there's still quite a few losses on here. They play over the next three weeks. The Vikings, the Bills, and the Cardinals. And sure, the Cardinals aren't going to give them much of a, a fight. But that game's in Arizona. And, you know, could be and is a, a Monday night football game. That yeah, could this be, schedule's looking harder. That that could be a W for the, the Cardinals. Like the Bengals figured their crap out. They're not as bad as they were for that slumpy period. Like, to me, the only if you don't beat the Jets, the only locked in win I see on this schedule is the Las Vegas Raiders. Like, and then you're a six or a, and you probably luck into two or three wins. So I I really still believe what I say. I don't think they're going to be more than an eight win team. I I just don't see any way they get more than three wins the rest of the way. The schedule is just far too difficult for me. Yeah, Bill Belichick's sneaky, and until he's dead, I can't rest easy, unfortunately. <laughs> I mean, that's that's totally fair. You've seen it the most out of all of us, Mason. I, I mean, He's traumatized me. There's... He, he's, he's traumatized you. It's totally fair. <laughs> so, yeah, when, when they are, I'll be so grateful for it. But, man, just like that weird, sneaky energy that they always get at the end of the year, I wouldn't be – at all surprised if they pull another five out of their ass and sneak into the wild card, get blown out by somebody and go home. Yeah. To me, the game of the week, the game I'm most excited to watch this week, that thank God it's in the same slot as Broncos Raiders, because I know, you know, I know how this is going to go. I'm probably going to have to watch it in my room because I know my dad's going to want to watch for Broncos. But there's just absolutely no way I am watching the Broncos lose to the Raiders at home because I guarantee you that's <laughs> what's about to happen. Um, oh, no. uh, the Cowboys, the Vikings. We'll get to Raiders, Broncos later, I promise. I'll, I'll, I'll say some negative things about the Broncos per usual. <laughs> uh, Cowboys, Vikings. Man, this is a great game. Cowboys, lots of people saying they kind of got exposed last week. As like, uh, maybe you're a little bit fake there with your cutesy little losses to teams like the Green Bay Packers, who, by the way, then go play the Titans and the Titans make them look like their dysfunctional offense again outside of some garbage time stuff. It's like, okay, Cowboys, are you kind of the same old Cowboys? Like where you give us three really great weeks in October and everyone buys in and then, oh, suddenly we, we stumble our way to the finish line and lose in the divisional round. That feels what the Cowboys are to me. Uh, I, I, you know, last year I learned my lesson. I'm done hyping up the Cowboys until I actually see the Cowboys do something. That said, if they could get a big win here against the Vikings, I think it would do a lot to clarify who the second big dog team in the NFC is outside of the Eagles. Yeah, I, the the Cowboys definitely, you know, it's hard to ignore when you get beat by a team that is floundering as badly as the Green Bay Packers have been. They have not looked functional or good against just about anybody and to let them get a win against you. And it really does feel more and more like if Micah Parsons isn't having a really good game, their defense isn't having a very good game. And that's not really great if only one guy is kind of making that engine go for you. I know, you know, Jenga theory and stuff, but he's still out there on the field. So it shouldn't be a, a total disappearing act uh, on all of it. So if he if he's not going to step back up and be the guy everybody was raving about as defensive player of the year candidate, I don't know that the they can keep sustaining any of their wins and keep up with the Eagles. Yeah, it's a big litmus test for 
the Cowboys because I know what I've been saying on this podcast for weeks and that it's I don't buy the Vikings. Last week, that win in Buffalo, that's the point where I was like, okay, it's time I give some respect to the Vikings. And if the Vikings ever did what they were supposed to do and took care of business against this team, this this very interesting um uh pardon me this very interesting cowboys team if the vikings came into dallas took care of not not even they're not even going to dallas this game's in minnesota if they go home and they win by 10 plus i think you have to totally accept Vikings as one of the best teams in the NFC hands down. And I think there's a chance to make a statement because I do think they can beat the Cowboys by that much. I think this is another week where, where the Vikings can make a statement and say, we're not the same old Vikings. This is definitely it right here. If they come in and they beat the Vikings this Sunday or Vikings, sorry. If the Vikings come in and beat the Cowboys this Sunday, I think you're right. I think that's the point. I, you know, beating the Bills obviously should have been the point that they turned it, but that's the point where it's like, well, they might be cruising to a number one or a number two seed, and you know, they're going to be the team to beat for the NFC. They're going to be the one that you're going to be scared of the whole time, uh, unless you know, maybe you're the Eagles, but other than that, there, I don't think there's another team in the NFC East or in the NFC at all that you want to be going up against, other than the Vikings. Like, that's that's the team to beat absolutely terrified if you've got them on your schedule because they're playing really really good football yeah they are playing just really great football right now and this is an absolute moment and i mean justin jefferson i i just want to recap some of that stuff that catch oh my god i've watched that catch 10 times this week i watched that catch like 10 times this week and i'm willing to to me, the best catch in NFL history. I'm young, and I I, I don't care. I, I do youth bias. To me, it was always Odell. Odell was always the gold standard oh. of the catch, the best catch ever. I know every year we, we compare and we say, oh, George, but George Pickens' catch was that close to Odell? And, like, no, most of the time they're not. But this catch defender draped all over him defender basically has a pick one arm can't even really see the ball that that's the greatest catch in nfl history it just is and it's, yeah the, it, the bill's db room needs to put up a freaking sign that if it's fourth down you bat the damn ball away yeah it, i mean it, it it's just one of the i mean how many times do we need to lose a game on a stupid interception that yeah. might have been an interception that ends up a catch like that it like, should have been an interception honestly it's in the defender's hands and he just I know, no, it's the most incredible play it away from him it, it's it's an unreal play if you watch it several times well, and uh, once again, the upsetting part about getting posterized like that is earlier in the game, Stefan Diggs had an absolutely amazing catch that would have been talked about if it weren't for Justin Jefferson going ahead and one-upping him pretty substantially there. Because, again, to one-handed, grab it away from a dude who's got two hands on the ball? Like, what the hell? That was so good. Yeah. He's so good. First-team All-Pro. There's no way. Yeah, first team all pro. That's that. I mean, there's really no other way to put it. Um, sorry, as I I respond quickly to a text. Um, yeah, it, unreal catch, Justin Jefferson, the no doubt all pro. Yeah, I think we can move on. From that, I wanted to get Bradford on today. I really wanted to get Bradford on today. Uh, unfortunately, he's feeling a little under the weather as well. Hopefully, he gets feeling better soon. But, I mean, it's his favorite matchup of the year. It's, <laughs> it, it, it's his favorite matchup of the year. I know he relishes nothing more than when Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes get together on live television on Sunday night. And... um you know, I, I don't really care. The Chargers, 
I get it. They're mid. They're, they're mid football team. Their offense is in decline. Keenan Allen might play in this game. That's a real positive. Hopefully that happens. I don't care if you put two good quarterbacks up against each other in prime time. It's going to work itself out. It's going to be a fun game. I'm super hyped to watch this game. But let me tell you something. I, I've never been more confident in my life than the fact the Chiefs win this game by a touchdown or more. Like, they, they, oh, they, yeah. like this, this feels like it might be kind of close. It might feel like a shootout going into, like, the third or fourth quarter. But just know for Chiefs defense, this is when they this is the time of year they start to tense up and and start playing really great football. And then Blamo, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes is uh, unreal. Yeah, do you want to hear a crazy stat? I, don't know. I, I I know Bradford usually comes with these, but I, I heard one this week. Um crazy stat for you here. Here it is. One in every six games he plays, Patrick Mahomes throws for 300 plus yards and four touchdowns. One of every six times he steps on the field. Do you know how ridiculous that is? That's so dumb. <laughs> like, that's such, it's so like, ridiculous. And it's not even like, it's not even like we can say, oh, it's a pretty small sample size. He's played in the year in the league for like six years now. Like one out of every six that's let's see here. It's a 17 game season, so that's oh almost three times a year he steps on the field and consistently throws for over 300 yards and four or more touchdowns. And if uh, he's getting close it, to having a full season's worth of games like that. Yeah, and if you think about it, he basically every year has one performance where he gets close to 500 yards and over five touchdowns. Like that happens basically once a year, and that's the year that's the game where you're like, oh yeah, this game is is not the same for Patrick Mahomes as it is for everyone else. That is the craziest stat I've heard. I don't know if you heard that stat this week, but it, it, it's just a crazy stat. And I know people have uh, – see, this is why I wanted Bradford here because I was going to admit to him. It, it's hard when Bradford's on the podcast. You you know this, Mason. Like, he's just so enthusiastic about the Chiefs. It does get a little bit tiresome for me as the host of this podcast to keep us – because – the thing about this podcast, Mason, I love this podcast. I want it to be about the whole NFL event. I don't want it to just be like a Chiefs podcast. And kind of sometimes it turns into a Chiefs podcast. But I do enjoy when we get Patrick Mahomes in prime time. When we get Patrick Mahomes in prime time, it's always a good time. It's it's kind of like, oh, it, for several years, let's put this year aside. But the other guy that he reminds me of is like Aaron Rodgers. He's like Aaron Rodgers in that every time Aaron Rodgers is in prime time, you're like, oh, okay, it's time to watch an Aaron Rodgers masterclass because that's that's what's going to happen here. And Patrick Mahomes, this Sunday, it's time to watch a Patrick Mahomes masterclass. I, I think we're we're about to see something special on, on Sunday, even if they don't have Juju. I think Kadarius Tony has a massive game as well. So uh this is a this is a big week for the for the, the Chiefs and for the Chargers, if they ever won this game, wow. I I'd I'd have a lot of respect for them, but I view them like the Patriots at this point. Their team that got lucky to get the bulk of their wins in the first half of their schedule. I don't see them as more as a seven or eight win team. Yeah, the Chargers, unfortunately, found a way to charger it up once again. They just cannot stop doing it. And, yeah, I think the Chiefs are going to come out and absolutely wax them. There's Patrick Mahomes has been lights out. And uh, I, I don't know if there's many people who can keep up with what their offense is doing. And, again, their defense is good, too. And I think that's the problem for him. 
in ever hitting any of those like record-breaking games of amount of touchdowns or amount of yards because when he's that on his defense usually is kind of on too so it's like all right well we're up by three touchdowns now and there's only a quarter left of the game to play like time to sit down take a break for a while like you're not going to keep counting those stats up till the end of the game because why bother they keep blowing people out yeah it's it's just a a tough time to be a fan of the AFC West if you don't root for the Chiefs. Like, yeah. can, can I sympathize just, for you, man. That's you, tough. You just like I, I know. And then you grabbing know an going. aging quarterback. Oof. Yeah, and like, yeah, it, it's like you know what it's like, but better than anyone else. I you remember the Kyle Orton year. You you absolutely know what it's like. It's just it's just like I'm gonna have to deal with this guy for the next. 15 years decade, of my life at like, least a decade at least yeah and probably 15 probably he's probably. got 15 more with the way quarterback how is, bad is played these you days. know if they want it bad enough apparently he can play till 45 now yeah i mean maybe tom brady will still be around in five years wouldn't that be wild? who knows maybe he's just trying to wait until his kid's in the league he's gonna beat his kid once and then he'll retire and be like all right that was worth it that was good I told him I'd whoop him. <laughs> yeah. Bucks on by this week. Uh, I'll be interested to talk about them next week. To me, I, I, I kind of see the signs of life, but I'm not quite as bought into them as some of the national media is. I, I, I do still feel like there are some struggles that they're going through. All right, let's rapid fire here and wrap up about some of these less notable games uh lions giants sneaky i I know it seems like the giants have a great defense they actually grade out as one of the 10 worst on pff this could sneaky be a shootout i think between the lions and the giants of the meadowlands on um on sunday I, i do think the lions are playing their best football of the year right now they're healthy offensively. You're started kind of starting to see the fun, like spunky, like, oh, we're gonna put up 30, 40 points every week, Lions, but you saw at the start of the year, their injuries are gone. I think that this is a game where the Giants, I know they've won a lot this year, but I, I kind of like the Lions in this spot. Yeah, I kind of do too. And has there really ever been many times when there's a three and six team taking on a seven and two team and you're just like, no, I really do like that three and six team a little bit better. I think there might be a little bit more talent on the roster. And, you know, I don't know if they're better coached because, I mean, DeBull's been doing an absolute hell of a job over there. But just, I don't know, Lions just feel like a little bit of a better team, maybe. Yeah. I'm definitely interested to see what happens in that one. It feels like a a game where Jared Goff could have a big day. Uh, But if the Giants, you know, we'll say all this, but ultimately one thing we're forgetting, coaching plays a big role. Dan Campbell, not a great coach. Nope. Brian Dable, very, very good coach. Like what Dan Campbell wants to be. Uh, I'm telling you, man. I'm just telling you, this is, to me, just feels like could go either way, but wouldn't be shocked if we're sitting here and I say, wow, what a terrible pick the Lions were. But I'm going to pick the Lions still because I'm just a sucker for the Lions. And I, I think I think they'll take care of business here. Um, Bengals, Steelers, you know, I find this one interesting. Bengals aren't favored by a ton. But I, it's like the, in Pittsburgh. Wow, that is disrespect. It's in Pittsburgh. It's like, but what are the Steelers like? Sure, they got a win against the Saints last week, but we know the Saints are bad. They're not a well-coached football team. Dennis Allen is losing the locker room. It seems like he's lost the fan base for sure. I don't know if you're on Saints Twitter, Tom, but they are melting down over Dennis Allen. They want that guy gone yesterday. This is a good test, I think, because I'm not fully sold that the Bengals are fully back yet. 
But if they can put up another good offensive performance, I think that bodes well. They need to be, they're another team where they just need to be playing their best football after Thanksgiving. They started slow, but they've survived it and they can absolutely take care of the second half. But they need to start putting some good results together right now and start beating teams they're supposed to beat. And I think that that needs to start with the Steelers. Yeah, this would be a good game for them to go out and actually, you know, get that big win. Because even if the Steelers keep it close, that's not going to be a good luck for them. Like, this is one of those games where you really got to go out and you've got to lay the wood to an inferior team. You know, I know a win's a win, but you want you want some of that faith in your own room to to really be carrying through, too. And if the Pittsburgh Steelers give you a genuinely hard time with the way they've been lately, that's not going to be a good feeling at the end of the game, win or lose. Absolutely. Hmm. Anything else that catches my eye here? Anything else on the schedule that catches your eye? Anything we haven't talked about today that you'd like to touch on? Not particularly. It's an okay schedule, but I think all the good teams that I liked are all packed into a couple of games. Yeah, I think I think we covered most of it. Um Broncos Raiders, just quickly. If the Broncos are any even like slightly decent, they'll win this game. Uh the the fear though, Mason, is that they are not even close to slightly decent. Uh and in fact are probably more closer to terrible or dog expletive. Um like just uh very um very terrible football team. We will see. I, I did think the report this week was very funny. I, I continue to enjoy this Raiders season very much. Um, like that's that's just how sad Broncos season has been. My only joy has been how dysfunctional this Raiders season has been. Apparently, they are too broke to fire their head coach, uh, which is uh, which is quite unfortunate and hilarious, uh, considering that their owner saves probably billions of dollars by giving himself his own haircuts. So, I I mean, (laughs) it it is just tough times for the Raiders. Uh, As much as it sucks to be a Broncos fan, hey, at least I'm not a Raiders fan. They don't have anything, and they haven't won anything forever, and they'll continue to wallow in darkness. I'm I'm having a good time. And – but you know what would be extra pathetic and what would take away this jovial smile of mine and what would really ruin this season is if the Raiders ever had one of their worst years ever and only finished with five wins, but two of those five wins were against the Broncos, then unfortunately the Broncos would have to be talked about as the worst team in the division. So I, really my entire happiness, like I, I know that, I think you've told you can tell the last few weeks I haven't really cared about the Broncos. This is like probably the last game I'll truly care about the Broncos because if they lose to the Raiders, it's over. This season is over. There's nothing, there's no coming back from that. And you know, it's just this is a big game on Sunday. And I, you know, I'm probably gonna watch it. And I'm probably going to have to end up having Cowboys Vikings on my iPad because I'm just a sucker for pain. And like uh, tomorrow's not going to be enjoyable, but I'm going to put on all my Broncos gear and and we're just going to ride because that, that's what we do here. <laughs> make yourself a danger witch and just get ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. Make myself a danger witch. I got some, some, some Capricola in my fridge, but I got to get rid of like, it's, it's it's time. Let's ride. Like this. This is the time. This is the time, Russ. This is the time to ride. Um, I mean, if, if Nathaniel Hackett loses this game, please, can we just get this thing over with and fire him right now? Um, Maybe you could work out some sort of deal with the Raiders where they take Russell and you agree to pay off Josh McDaniel's salary. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunate, but you're going to be paying hackets too, so that's tough. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Unfortunate. Unfortunate that that the team I root for is deeply bad. Very unfortunate. <sighs> All right. With that, we'll we'll close out this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. 
uh, it, it's been a it's been a joyous time, except for those last two minutes of darkness right there. Um, Mason, thank you so much. Continue to stay safe. Hopefully, all you get is five inches. I don't want to jinx you. Um, and uh, yeah, if anybody jinxed it, I would have done it throughout the week when I was calling BS on the whole thing. I've done my worst. Thank you so much for listening. I know this is close to Sunday. We'll pump this out on the old Twitter machine very shortly. Until next week. And expect, by the way, I know it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for me, but I'm really going to try to do two episodes next week. So keep an eye out for that. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Peace out.